All right, folks, it's another episode of America's Hometown Horror, and tonight's episode is brought to you yet again by Clark's, some of my favorite pairs of shoes. Clark's story, in case you haven't heard, it began almost 200 years ago when Cyrus and James Clark made a slipper from sheepskin. Man. <laughs> At the time, these sheepskin slippers, my friends, were groundbreaking, a combination of invention and craftsmanship that's remained at the heart of what Clark's does. From the very beginning, Clark's has always thought differently. Brilliant ideas are what set Clark's apart. Clark's is teaming up... Oops, excuse me. We are teaming up with Clark's and Podgo uh, to bring you 30% off on select items. I'd recommend their desert boots because those things fucking rock. Go buy yourself a pair. Uh, and it, obviously the sale includes the iconic Clark's desert boot. All you have to do is go to podgo.co slash Clark's. That's podgo.co slash Clark's. And buy yourself a nice pair of shoes because God knows you deserve it, our awesome listeners. And away we go. <laughs> what is up, folks? What is up? What is going on? It's your buddy Mike, host of America's Hometown Horror Podcast. Hope you've all been doing well since uh, we last spoke. And as always, I am joined in studio here by not only the hound dog of America's Hometown Horror, Otis, that is sitting very nicely next to us right now, uh, sound free at the moment, which is the best way that he sits next to us. Yes. But I'm also joined by my co host, starting off with Andrew. How you doing, bud? Good. How we doing, guys? Pretty good. Next Pretty good. Up. Ready to go uh, too soon. He's like, what about me? <laughs> I know, yeah, seriously. He's now... Cause we'll miss, just, we have We have some snacks on the table, so of course he's probably going to chime in at some point and, and just <laughs> let us know that he's here and that he still smells the snacks. But uh, ready, ready to do some podcasting, my friend? Ready as ever. Excellent. I love... You love to hear it. You love, love to, to love it. to love you. Love to love to love you. And you just heard her voice. I'm also joined by our other co-host, Catherine. How you doing? Hello. I'm well. How are you? I'm also well. Look nice. at you. Very nice. Yeah. <laughs> Big episode tonight, yes, huh? Yes, yes, my yeah. episode. So this is going to be it. two episodes in a row where uh, I am I am in the back seat of the limo. I am in uh, a passenger on the bus while so somebody else limo drives. Now. Limo, bus, We've upgraded. taxi, Boat. <laughs> Uber, yacht, uh, water taxi. Oh. Those were really fun at Universal. I love yeah. those things. Awesome way to get from the hotels to the parks. What are those things? Yeah, cats. Cats gonna. It's a, yeah. it's a boat. It's a boat. <laughs> yeah, so cats driving the boat, water taxi, uh, bus, limo, what what have you tonight? But uh, you know, obviously, before we uh, before we hand the reins over to Cat, a few items that uh, wanted to discuss with you guys first that are relevant in the world of all things horror, as they say. First thing. Did you guys see this yet? I I watched it earlier today, and it's pretty fucking awesome. Mountain Dew came out with a new commercial featuring uh, basically like a little mini sequel to Gremlins. No. Did you guys see this? No, I haven't. All right, we're going to have to watch it when, when we're done recording here. But essentially, so like I said, Mountain Dew commercial, and it has an adult Billy Pelcher, Pelter, Pelcher, whatever his name is, so the same actor from Gremlins, sitting there in a room with a bottle of sugar-free Mountain Dew with Gizmo. Oh, no way! Yeah, so Gizmo's in it, and he basically, Gizmo uh, tells Billy that he wants a sip of his Mountain Dew. Billy gives him a sip of Mountain Dew, and then uh, Gizmo automatically starts shooting out those little spheres out of his back uh, for, you know, oh, that's so funny. obviously some evil uh, more, more stripes, maybe? I don't know. But uh, And then after that, uh, Billy apparently now has a daughter. 
don't know if it's with uh, Phoebe Cates' character from the movie, but he has a teenage daughter that also has another gizmo on her shoulder, and she walks into the room and kind of just rolls her eyes. It's pretty funny. Huh. It's a cute little commercial. I love Gremlins, so I'm up for all things uh, all things more Gremlins. So, kind of cool. hey, we did talk about on our Gremlins episode, shameless plug, that uh, you know whether or not we want to see a sequel to Gremlins beyond the uh, the two that we already have. And I know there's an animated series coming, but I don't know. This is maybe the only the uh, ever live action little sequel that we'll get. There's got to be something coming to it. Like, why would you make a commercial for it that people probably most people don't even? Uh, maybe Zach Galligan, who who plays Billy, maybe he ran out of money. I have I have <sighs> no idea. Just seems odd. Yeah, it's a little it's a little weird, a little random, um, especially that it didn't come out during Halloween time or Christmas time. But I mean, all the same, I'm on board with this. It's it's a really cool commercial. They should have put it on during the fucking Super Bowl, the biggest time for commercials. I don't yeah. understand why they didn't. But it's weird. It is a little odd, isn't it? Maybe some more news will drop. Oh god, later I hope in the so. month. That'd be great. This. If they're doing a Gremlins three, that would kick ass. Give me some Zach Galligan and Phoebe Cates. And Gizmo, Stripe, and all of the Gremlins uh, for as many movies as you want. I am on board. Kat. Yes. Uh, you and I had the extreme pleasure of watching this Elisa Lamb documentary on Netflix. Yes, it was a great way to spend Valentine's Day. Oh, it was awesome. <laughs> Honestly, it was the best Valentine's Day that we could have spent. We oh, spent the majority of it, we took Otis for a walk, we spent the majority of it on the couch watching uh, four hours of this <laughs> this crazy-ass documentary, which you haven't seen yet, right? Mm-mm. Dude, it's fucking great. I would highly recommend you checking it out. Uh, I recommended it to Audette, and he banged it out in probably about six hours after I sent it to him, and nice. uh, he loved it as well. But what did you think of this documentary series, Cat? I know, I know, I knew a little bit more about the situation there going into it. I was still surprised by some stuff, but going in cold, what did you think of this? Yeah, I had and no I guess idea. would you recommend it to people? I had no idea. I think Andrew showed me a clip. You showed me a clip on your phone of that video of Elisa it was me because okay. we yeah we were at the Shanty Rose. Yes. Our fa- one of our favorite places. And yeah. we were talking about it with Smitty and Craig, and, and they I, had heard of the video, and we watched it there. I just I looked at it, and I was like, okay, well, this doesn't really make a lot of sense, but, like, all right, whatever. But then, actually, the documentary went way more into detail about the whole history of the hotel and everything that I had no idea. Yeah, I, see, that's the part I, did, I had no idea about either. It was very interesting and just kind of crazy to think that this, you know, this seemingly opulent old-school L.A. hotel that is, come to find out, in the most horrible district of Los Angeles that it could possibly be in on Skid Row, which has some of the highest concentration of homeless people in the country of anywhere. Um, And the hotel's right in the middle of that. And they said initially when it was built it wasn't like that, obviously, in, like, the 1920s. of course, yeah, but now, you know... Unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately, it's kind of... It's in the middle of that now, and... It's the story of Elisa Lamb and ultimately what happened to her. But I think also, you know, the hotel, when it was still open, which it's closed now, but going to reopen as something different, uh, basically like a boutique hotel with low-income housing in the same building. Um, It's easy to see how somebody that was a naive traveler to Los Angeles might see the low prices for this particular hotel and look at photos of it and want to stay there. But they interviewed people in the documentary that, like, stayed there and walked out, and they were like, holy shit, it's like being in a fucking... 
Yeah, well, and one of the things like, was when they redid it the, after the, is. the Hotel Cecil was no more and they wanted to rebrand it and did the stay on Main. Right. And they had a couple of floors of a nicer hotel where they wanted to kind of entice those traveler, younger people. There were still people that were staying in the Hotel Cecil yeah. that were sharing the same elevators and that were sharing the right. same kind of spaces, even though they were kind of separated. Mm. So that still made it kind of scary because you were just like, you're still... You're not able to kind of get around that. And they said one part of it was that they had to keep it that way because it was a residential hotel. And that was one way that they couldn't get around, like, not having those people stay there. Because I think they were squatting. Yeah. And And that's that's the craziest part to me is that so it was so cheap to stay there that some of these homeless people, when they came into money, they were actually staying at the hotel for days, weeks, or sometimes even months. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. And the hotel obviously kind of embraced this. They made money off of it. And I thought, like, you know, I, I was going back and forth with uh, my buddy Prince from the Nightlight podcast, uh, part of the Bloody Disgusting podcast network, about this documentary on Twitter. And I think the, the hotel and the hotel management came out looking really bad. After oh, absolutely. This. Especially, like, that... I thought for a while, like, so that blonde lady, I forget her name, the one that managed I, I the hotel for, too. like, ten years, like... I'm not saying, obviously, that she's responsible for any of the shit that happened there, but I feel like the hotel and the hotel, like, whoever owns the hotel were kind of somewhat responsible for some of the shit that was going on there, because they kind of turned a blind eye to it. Yeah. So, I don't know. She even said in one of her opening statements was, like, you know, one of her first days, she came across a dead body, and she said while she was managing there, it was... She, there were 80 different people, over 80 people that died in the hotel. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Just while she was there. Yeah. Just while in 10 she years. Was there. In 10 years. Yeah. And it's been open since, what, the 1920s, 20s? I think it was yeah. built? Yeah. Yeah. Which, which is just insane. And you wonder me. if they can really keep it running. I yeah. mean, isn't there some sort of legality that, like, would shut them down? I don't know. I mean, you'd, I mean, you'd think so. You'd think so. But I think ultimately it's a great documentary. It's very interesting. I would highly recommend you check it out. But it, it it's, a, it's kind of also a very sad story because it just kind of goes to show that. When money is involved, people will turn a blind eye to some pretty ugly shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, unfortunately, that hotel attracted some pretty sketchy people. Um, One of which was, was, this is a perfect segue, because next up on our list uh, that I want to watch, I know we've been talking about this, is that Night Stalker documentary on Netflix. And Richard Ramirez, the Night Stalker, actually was a resident at the uh, Cecil Hotel. After killing people, he would go back there covered in blood and go back to his room, and nobody said shit. No shit. Yeah. Nobody said anything. They, so did they? Did they, did they not they, talk about I that in the documentary? Remember that coming up in the documentary? Yeah. Oh, did you watch the Night Stalker? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Check it out. Yeah. What, there, was, you... there was a guy who said he, another guy that was interviewed in the Hotel Cecil documentary that yeah. said he wouldn't go past a certain floor because people would get, people would get murdered. And he yeah. was one of the guys Robbed, who was living raped. in one of the higher floors. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for oh, sure. Yeah. So, I guess, so actually, so now uh, I, I was also talking to Matt about this Night Stalker documentary, which he actually told me that was it was one of the scariest things that he'd watched recently. And, like, he finished it, I guess, yesterday. He said he was walking to his car today, looking over his shoulder to make sure Richard no Ramirez wasn't there. He said it was horrifying. Maybe so, we can do that as one of the next ones. I'd love to, I'd love to talk about it more. But so would you, you would recommend, obviously, oh, checking that out. I highly recommend. It was yeah. very interesting. Okay. It was crazy, too. All right. So true crime, br- so uh, true crime binge. God, say that ten times fast. Yes. Uh, on uh, from Netflix coming up, but real life uh, horror. yeah, real life horror. Real life horror is sometimes even scarier than the fake stuff. But uh, Andrew, you watch anything else interesting? Uh, 
Some gorilla movie? Recently, uh, other, than gorilla, <laughs> other than gorilla documentaries. I, I tell you guys I watched that Skinwalker Ranch. No. Oh, I, I, uh, I've seen that. It's that awesome. really good. Yes. Talk about a creepy place. Uh, so fucking creepy. I actually yeah. read the book. Oh, that, okay. that's yeah. based on and because I'm I'm super into the weird paranormal, paranormal everything cryptid just... shit UFOs and that place has it all yeah. um, it's about this weird section of Utah yeah this this gigantic ranch in Utah that is kind of like this hot spot for paranormal activity where there's UFO sightings cryptid sightings um, sounds like a giant shadow person werewolves like shadow yeah, people werewolves. Wow. ghostly activity strange Weird. lights shapeshifters all kinds of shit so yes yeah, it's, it's hunt for the yeah. skinwalker and skinwalker in traditional native american lore is a shapeshifter wow so uh also a very cool documentary i'm glad you watched that yeah, that, that was, was pretty creepy. sweet creepy creepy yeah i dug it F. i dug it you guys ready for some news Always, Always I have for the news. three news items that are all three. related. Count them. All related by HBO. Oh. All things that we have either watched or talked about and or love. Okay? Okay. Right. So apparently what happened was, uh, his name is Casey Bloys. He is the chief content officer for HBO. So he's in charge of all the TV shows that they do. Uh, he had a, an exclusive conversation with Variety Magazine, which you can read on Variety.com in its entirety, but he gave updates on The Outsider, Lovecraft Country, and True Detective. Ooh. Okay? I don't know if you guys have heard about these, but go with me here, okay? Okay. So HBO, in this interview, Casey Bloys, from, or we'll just say HBO for simplicity, HBO reveals uh, in this in, in this interview why The Outsider was canceled. So basically, and we kind of talked about this a little bit, on our episode about The Outsider. Shameless plug. And essentially, they have said that they, quote, have not landed on a story that will live up to the first season. Which I thought was interesting because the character of Holly Gibney, who was the most interesting character in the show, has appeared in other Stephen King stories. So I thought for sure they could definitely turn this into, uh, you know, a TV show revolving around Holly Gibney. Um, so I guess... Do you want a second season? Would you like to see more stories with this character? Andrew, I'll I think start she's with you. a great character. She's an awesome yeah, that character, would be, right? That's a slam dunk. Yeah. If for anyone that watched the show, I would feel oh, yeah. like they would. Yeah. She's the character in the show that I feel like that you kind of, not associate with the most, but you are most intrigued by. She's that shine going she, to her. She, she's one of the more interesting characters that Stephen King has created in recent stories, I think. Probably, yeah. probably the most interesting. The one that I'm the most familiar with. She's kind of like, I, I appreciate that she's kind of quiet, too. Yeah. Like, that she's kind of quiet, but kind of has an idea of what's going on. You know that there's yeah. some sort of mental quiet, thing Quiet, but her. not shy. Right. She's, yeah. you know, just has a higher level of comprehension going mm-hmm. on, which, Andrew, I know you alluded to and thought there may be some shine going on there, which oh, I would definitely. like to hope so. That'd be I cool. So. I mean, if it's a Stephen King universe, then why wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so they could have gone into that, do like a team her up with Dr. Sleep and... Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I guess obviously the the biggest thing here is that you know whatever idea they would come up with would have to be okayed by Stephen King, right? Yeah. So it would have to be an idea that was faithful to his work and also something that he approved of. So I don't know. I'm hopeful that we see more outside. I mean, he allowed them to, to make the Tommy Knockers. So yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I'd be open to pretty much any Stephen King adaptation, especially like a more modern take with you know oh. people kind of taking his material a little bit more seriously in recent years. So. Those are just my thoughts. So, second show, as I already mentioned, Lovecraft Country. Mm-hmm. So, Lovecraft Country did really well for HBO. 
got nominated for a bunch of Emmy Awards. Oh, acting, nice. writing, directing. It was a phenomenal show. Deserved it. And it was kind of... So HBO hasn't traditionally delved into horror a lot. Which is kind of funny because one of the first TV shows they made was Tales from the Crypt. Yeah. Which was, you know, unfortunately is not on HBO Max or really anywhere because of all these rights disputes that are going on. But So Lovecraft Country, despite all of its success has not been guaranteed for a second season. Has not been guaranteed for a return. So yeah. apparently what they're doing is they're working on writing some potential ideas for a second season. Uh, they did exhaust pretty much everything from the book in mm-hmm. season one. So at that point, you kind of have to decide, okay, do we want to get... So almost the exact same situation as The Outsider. More of a story. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And Lovecraft Country. Did you ever end up finishing watching? No, I need to finish Yeah, that. you should finish it. So I won't, I won't spoil yet. it too much for you, but... It does have a definitive ending with the characters, I would say, or at least one of them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, again, they're hopeful that it will return for a second season. And I guess, same question. Do you want to see this come back for season two? Absolutely. Yeah. I think so, too. I thought it was awesome. I'm assuming I would. Yeah. I it, was, it was honestly... I think it was I only a, watched like I know, two or three episodes. One episode? Oh, I thought you only had like... What was that show that you were watching you only had Breaking one Bad. Oh, my yeah, God. That's, that's crazy fine, that you didn't that's finish that. That's just ridiculous. Lovecraft Country, I think I only watched like three episodes of, maybe. Honestly, it, it's... It was kind of a breath of fresh air. It was a, a different take on Lovecraft stuff. It definitely was very weird, very nerdy. Um, we talked about it a lot with Hannah mm-hmm. on our Hellraiser episode. Yeah. Another shameless plug. Um, but it's a great show. Yeah, that's. I think that's three so far. Jeez. Three. Um, so yeah, I would recommend listeners go check out Lovecraft Country if you haven't yet, and especially you, I know. co-podcast host. Go do that. Jeez, go get on that I shit. Doing? Go do on that shit. Don't be writing gorilla documentaries and go watch Lovecraft Country, all right? No inside jokes. I know, no inside jokes on podcasts. That, yeah. Maybe that story will come and you, out later. And you we'll just see. watched a little bit of a gorilla, pod, uh, gorilla show last night yeah. and then turned it off. Yes, yes. So we're just making fun of it. I didn't turn it off. I fell asleep. Oh, it's still there. Yes. I mean, you can watch it's it still there. I mean, I think you probably have it for 24 hours, so you can watch it tonight if you wanted if to. The mood's see what it's, yeah, yeah, exactly. See what it's all about? Now! Get ape shit with it. So you already know the third show that we're going to talk about here, which is the most exciting piece of news for me. I say exciting with some hesitation here. So True Detective. Okay. There's talk of True Detective being rebooted with new writers. Obviously, rebooted is a loose term, right? Because different each, stories. Different stories. So okay. each Which they all each are. season of True Detective tells a different story. It's an anthology series through and through, and it was kind of one of the first shows to grab the premiere actors, huge A-list movie actors, and put them in a TV show. Can I ask huge. a question? Sure. So the first one was was McConaughey and Woody House, and the third, the second one was with... Colin, Colin Farrell, Farrell, Vince Vaughn, Vaughn Rachel, Rachel McAdams, McAdams Taylor, Taylor Kitsch. The third one had Stephen Dorff, Mahershala Ali. I don't remember the third one. We should rewatch it because it's fucking awesome. We definitely I, I watched think it. I, I, I know I we definitely watched it. Oh, God. What are you... Dude, uh. I think the third season was better than the second, though, the right? third, So the, the second season is underrated. It just did not hold up to the first season. But the third season, I thought, was great. I think th- I liked the third season. Third season was awesome. But, so... Anyways. So again, yeah. So Sorry. reboot and I, I again I, I put it I put it in loose terms, but this one kind of brings about mixed emotions for me because, like I mentioned, True Detective is one of my all time favorite TV shows. I wrote a huge gushing piece about season one that you can read on horrornews.net. That's the fourth shameless plug. Jesus, look at me tonight. <laughs> Anywhere else we can read your stuff? Yeah, <laughs> bloody disgusting. But I um, so the guy that is kind of the, the chief creator and writer of all three seasons of True Detective is this guy Nick Pizzolatto, who's this noir writer, 
uh, wrote a couple of novels and kind of turned to True Detective as his primary focus. Now, he is a very particular person, visionary, as most visionaries are, right? So he's, I guess, particular is the word I'll use, but maybe like demanding, eccentric. Those are probably good words to describe him. He famously clashed with Carrie Fukunaga in season one, who was the director of all eight episodes. And he's reportedly been difficult to work with because he has such a specific vision for what he wants for True Detective, right? Fair. So I will say I am all in on more True Detective if the stories are good. Yeah, And if they keep that same noir vibe with some maybe supernatural, maybe weird Lovecraftian fiction elements in there, which uh, they did famously the best in season one and in season three. Um, But I also hate this news because I feel like all three seasons definitely were taking place in a shared universe, especially seasons one and three. Now, I know you don't remember season three, and you haven't seen well, season three. I, can you, like, do a tiny, like, just what would trigger my memory? So it's a, it's a similar story to season one, where basically it's it's Stephen Dorff and Mahershala, Arli, Mahershala Ar- oh, Ali are partners. Old. Yeah, I remember. And then it shows, yeah. like, Mahershala <laughs> Ali's the old guy that has dementia. See, I don't remember his but, name, so when you say that, I'm like, I don't know who you're talking in, about. I won't ruin it for you, Andrew, but in parts of season three, they link back <laughs> to... Yeah. Another season right. of no, True Detective in loose yeah. ways. So it, it okay. like, and the, they're similar stories. That makes big, me want to watch it more. Small like crimes yeah. that might have some satanic elements like that satanic lead to elements. lead to a larger <laughs> conspiracy potentially, in, in with government and religion and all kinds of stuff. Stuff that I love, and the reason you know if 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 this show gets rebooted. Yeah, that might all go out the window. Yeah. That might all be gone. Can't. And if so, it does, then they don't know what they're well, doing. Well, so, and here's the worst Here's the worst, worst thing about this potential news is that Nick Pizzolatto, again, the writer of All Things True Detective, when season three was out, had said that he had a, quote, crazy idea for season four. He didn't give any details, but I guarantee you, I can almost guarantee you that it would have involved... Rust Cole and Marty Hart in some way, shape, or form. And God, I want to see their stories continue. Oh my God, I love True Detective so much. I want to see more. Just honestly, more Rust Cole. Yeah. Give me more Rust yeah, Cole all fucking so day. Good. So I kind of rambled there a little bit. I know it was a lot of information to take in. Thoughts on overwhelmed. Th- thoughts on more True Detective. I'm all about that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. But with the same caveats. Yeah. Okay. Catherine, what about you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I'd love to see more. And more of us, Cole. And maybe Colin Farrell in like a better role. Because and more he's spaghetti fun to look at, but like, spaghetti yeah. monster. So, okay, and that's... So, True Detective Season 2, Colin Farrell was the best part of Season 2. Oh, yeah. He was fucking awesome well, in that. Yeah, His character was great. Farrell. Yeah, he's Colin Farrell. I know you love him. He is a stud. He's he is a stud. stud. He is handsome, and he's an Irishman. Ugh, yeah. So Vince Vaughn's <laughs> wife in that bothered me so much. <laughs> yeah. See, so I'm surprised you said her and not Vince Vaughn, because Vince Vaughn was the part that bothered most people uh, about season two. Well, I actually, was, I didn't think he was, he was terrible. Not as annoying as her. Correct. Yeah. I, I mean, I didn't. I didn't mind Kelly McDonald. I think is her name. Yeah. What has she been? She's been in a bunch of stuff. I feel like <sighs> she's in that show Yellowstone with Kevin Costner on Paramount now. I know my parents watch it. They've they've rec- they've recommended it to Kat and I several times, but we've never pulled the trigger. She's in that show, but uh, yeah. So True Detective, give me more. And that's all I have for news. Are we ready to move on and pass the baton? Yeah. Move on, pass the baton. Move on, pass the baton. All right, so that means we are on to tonight's topic, which is a little bit different tonight. 
And I'm excited about this because one of the resolutions that we made as a show going into year two was to not just be a movie every week. And, you know, obviously we've covered Haunted Attractions, we've done some paranormal stuff, and we've done some more abstract things like fantasy drafts. We've done Origins of Fear, which was another episode that was famously led by Kath that did yeah. very well. And I think we have another similar episode to that tonight. Yes. Which is, we are talking about nightmares. Everything related to nightmares, everything about them, about our particular nightmares. This might be a glimpse inside all three of our twisted minds and some of the things that we uh, that we dream about when we fall twisted? asleep. You're, yeah, we're not twisted. I think we're a little twisted. Not yeah. oh, not as twisted as like you know Ted Bundy or fucking Richard Ramirez. Well, that's a good thing. Uh, that's, yeah. that's a very that's good a, thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a very good thing. <laughs> yep. Uh, so, spoiler alert: I haven't murdered anybody. Without <laughs> yeah, same here, same here. Without further adieu. Catherine, I will hand the the keys, the baton, the keys to the bus over to you, my friend, and away we go. Great. So, um, tonight's topic is nightmares. So, we'll start out with the word nightmare. So, uh, defined in the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, there's three different meanings. Mm -hmm. It's an evil spirit formerly thought to oppress people during sleep, a frightening dream that usually awakens the sleeper. Or something, such as an experience, situation, or object, having the monstrous character of a nightmare or producing a feeling of anxiety or terror. So, let's use this word in a sentence. Mommy, really I had a really it. scary yeah. nightmare. You're really use it in a sentence. All right. All right. Or, <laughs> this party was a complete nightmare, which is not the kind of nightmare that we're talking about on this yes. episode. Yes. But... Not a party with somebody that made too many faux pas. <laughs> talking about the actual literal nightmare sense, right? Yes. Okay. So, um, also looking at the word nightmare... Um, there's a little fun fact that I found. You might guess there's a compound word formed from the two words night and mare. Mm -hmm. And if so, your guess is correct. Night horse. Well, that's, that's what it says. So, Mm -hmm. um, but while the night and nightmare make sense, the mare part is less obvious. Most English speakers know mare as a word for a female horse or a similar equine animal. But the name mare of nightmare is actually a different word. An obsolete one referring to an evil spirit that was once thought to produce feelings of suffocation in people while they slept. By the 14th century, the mare was also known as a nightmare, and by the late 16th century, nightmare was also being applied to feelings of distress caused by the spirit and then to frightening or unpleasant dreams. Oh, okay. So did you guys know about that fun fact? I did know about that. The suffocation part, that's where sleep paralysis comes from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I actually did not know many of that. But no? No. Yeah. I didn't know the horse part, but I did know the other mm. part. See, I would have thought the mare was a horse. It's just because yeah. that's what I think a mare is. Well, you did live on a horse farm for mm. a short amount of time. So. Oh, you're yeah. a horse person? No, actually, I'm not. <laughs> um, I just... <laughs> So, fun fact. I, fun fact. Uh, Kat, to... Yeah, Cat used to live on a horse farm, and right around when we first started dating, almost 10 years ago at this mm-hmm. point, uh, I happened to visit her at this horse farm, and we went to go see the horses. After a few Where beverages. Was After a few farm? beverages. It was in Hingham. Hingham. And uh, so There's I decided. There's horses there. I decided it'd be a good idea to. Uh, to lean over the electrified fence and oh. pet said horses, and I got quite a shock. Yeah, because <laughs> uh-huh. I didn't think of the electric fence. It was a little band right horses inside are the on the inside. Fence. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're huge. No wonder why they use horse and nightmare together. Horses right. are terrifying. Yeah. Yes, yes, Nothing they can are. maim you. Yeah, little side story. Sorry. Anyway, I digress. Okay. Continue. Right. Um, so let's dive into a little bit deeper into nightmares as adults. So WebND actually says one out of every two adults has nightmares on occasion. And between 2% and 8% of adult population is plagued by nightmares. 
Um, nightmares are caused by a variety of factors, which I kind of talked to Andrew a little bit of last night. <laughs> Um, and underlying disorders. So one of the first things is we'll talk about is late night snacks. So by oh. snacking, <laughs> <laughs> snacking late night, you can increase your metabolism, which would signal, um, put a signal to the brain to say that your body's more active. Yeah. Which can cause nightmares. I'm in trouble. I love late night snacking. <laughs> that's where most of my nightmares come from because I eat dinner at like midnight. Well, and nights. that's so, well, not there you good. go. That's yeah. stink dinner. Work, that's working in the uh, restaurant industry, sometimes you have to eat late, my friend. Right? Yeah. And yeah. Then, otherwise, you're not eating. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Well, and what is that movie that's like? You could be just a. Oh, it's. Um, I thought of uh, Christmas Carol. Yeah. Up at Christmas Carol when um, Scrooge is like, you could just be like a. You could just be a morsel of whatever. From the cheese. Like, you could be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. yep. God, I love that movie. Michael Caine. <laughs> more. Michael Caine. More Michael factors Caine. for nightmares. Could be medications. They could be um, narcotics or non psychological medications, some blood pressure, pressure med- medications, antidepressants, whatever. Mm-hmm. What's that one um, that you take? Chantix. I've heard horror stories. Really? Chantix. Craig said, Craig took it. For a while, and he, when he was quitting smoking like forever ago, and he got horrifying, like, vivid Ooh. dreams. I've also like, heard that. Vivid. Yeah, a friend of mine that tried to quit smoking also used Chantix, and uh, so they say, like on the commercials for that, like if you have even the slightest hint of a suicidal thought, do not contact, take don't take it, well, have get help immediately because well, yeah, it, it brings yeah. out those feelings with yeah nightmares and all that shit. So it's scary to think about. Let's so. say we get fucked up, take some Chantix, and we have some nightmares. <laughs> yeah, 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 that'd be an episode. <laughs> Um, withdrawal from either medications and substances, but also includes alcohol and tranquilizers. So I would even put that in the same situation as taking like a melatonin at night. I know of people who take like some sleeping medications and they yeah. can't fall asleep. And melatonin is just an herb or, or something, isn't it? It's a hormone in your brain. So if you insert more of it, if you put more of it into your body, then obviously it's going to make you sleepier. That's the, so, the hormone that causes. You I just to assumed sleep. it came from some type of melon. Oh. <laughs> Melantonin. I'm just joking. So it's it's funny you actually. So one thing, little thing I was reading about. So, uh, if you are on your phone or tablet or watch too much TV, that actually decreases levels of melatonin in your brain. Oh. That's why they say people that have jobs where you are on your phone or tablet or computer or whatever, what have you, um, rec- they make them. They recommend blue light blockers, oh, yeah. glasses, because they actually they reduce some of the light coming off the screens, and they actually in- increase levels of melatonin in your, in your brain. Because yeah. if you're on your phone or whatever too much, it can be difficult to fall asleep. Oh, absolutely. Craig, Craig said that to me about my phone. He's like, why does it look yellow? I'm like, that blocks those blue lights. Exactly, and a lot of phones now have that the, that blue light blocking well, setting that's built it. That makes sense, it. though, that it decreases levels of melatonin in your yeah. brain because... They say, like, if you have trouble sleeping at night, a lot of times it's caused by you having your phone. Uh, people are constantly on your phone. So oh, if you're I on your TikTok phone, if you bed. lay down in bed and then you go on your phone. <laughs> We're both terrible with that. We'll yeah, have the TV on. Later, I'll be scrolling awake through Twitter. And tired yeah. for some reason. It's yeah. weird. I mean, when we're in bed, I'll be fall, I'll be scrolling through Twitter. She'll be on TikTok yeah. for a half hour before we go to sleep easily. I actually have never had any problems falling asleep. So no, that's you just, never yeah, do. That's just my thing, I guess, apparently. Mike likes slumber. I do. I do like to sleep. Go ahead. Um, Another underlying disorder is sleep deprivation. So because you have less sleep, when you do eventually fall asleep, you have nightmares. Yep. Which is not so good. Yeah. 
Um, other factors. Anxiety and depression can cause nightmares, PTSD, yep. and there's other sleep disorders like sleep apnea and restless leg syndrome. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition to that, there can also be health effects of nightmares. So it's not even just having a scary dream, but it can actually not be good for you to have nightmares um, when they start to have an effect on your health and well-being. Then you're, all of a sudden you're like, wow, this is actually having an impact on my life. Yeah. Um, those who are people who are anxious or depressed are more likely to be distressed about experiences and suffer even more psychological effects from nightmares. If they wake up and you have that feeling of reality, yeah, that's not. I can understand that. <laughs> um, and nightmares can also be associated with suicide, like what you just said. Which I wanted to put a disclaimer that if you have any suicidal thoughts, you should absolutely yes. consult a medical professional for sure um if for you sure. experience them regularly because yeah. that's not normal yeah uh i posted something similar to this around christmas time because i posted a, a link to the anthony bourdain uh krampus christmas short that we watch every year oh yeah so obviously if you are ever having any thoughts of suicide or depression or anything like that it's uh there's always a way out there's always someone that cares about you and uh if you're having those thoughts you know make sure you contact the proper number and uh, get some help because the world's a better place with you in it. Just tell somebody. Exactly. You tell one person. That's all you got to do. Yeah. And if, it, I mean, if you have to tell more yeah. than one person, that person's an asshole. So you should be able to yeah. tell one person. Su- suicide is never the answer. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Um, to continue with health effects. So sleep deprivation, which can be caused by nightmares, um, can also cause a host of other medical conditions, including heart disease, depression, and obesity. Oh. And if nightmares are left untreated... Or if you don't tell anybody about them, um, it can have a significant effect on your physical and mental health. Mm-hmm. That all makes sense to me. That yeah. makes sense. I um, can understand all of that. Um, so, in in retrospect of that, some treatment. Yeah. Did you have something to say? I, no, I was just gonna. I was just gonna say. You know, based on everything that that you just said, I, I think specifically related to the origin of the the word. Hmm. Um. That makes total sense to me. Think about what people, you know, a couple hundreds of years ago, like whatever, before there was any sort of science, psychology, psychoanalysis, anything like that, what some of these people must have thought waking up from a nightmare. Like they were being attacked by some otherworldly demon. Like or in like the like, witches kind of world? Like yeah. Where they were accusing yeah, people of yeah. being witches or like, yeah. I saw so-and-so yeah. in my dreams yeah. killing this so person. It, uh, yeah, a time, a time before science must have been a much scarier <laughs> time because now at least we have a way to explain away some of these anomalies. That's fine. You, know? you can explain it away all you want. It's yeah. still a fucking weird occurrence that's is. terrifying in every way. Oh, well, my brain's always active. So you have terrifying things happen to you <laughs> yeah. at night? Yep. That's a, science doesn't explain any of that away. That's still the whole <laughs> nightmares are fucked in my opinion that your brain can get to that dark of a level and you go oh yeah <laughs> it was all fake right yep, yep. like yeah, if, if, if we could film people's dreams if you had a way of filming in their dreams or their nightmares we all could yeah be those would be the best those right. would be the best talk about an anthology series <laughs> uh i agree with that wholeheartedly but then i guess it's the last part that i had and i'll let you continue so you were talking about people when they thought of the word nightmare I thought they were literally being attacked in their sleep. Mm. I mean, it is literally the stuff of horror movies, mainly the exact plot of A Nightmare on Elm Street, which is a movie yes. I'm sure we will talk about a little bit later yes. coming up. Yeah. I give it back to you. Bring it back so, to me. So, bring it back to me. So, treatment, obviously, you can be treated for nightmares um, by either... Don't sleep. 
No, no, no. In different ways. So, like, <clears throat> adjusting medication. If it's a, medi- if it's a medication thing. Um, sleep apnea and restless leg syndrome have their own treatments, including, like, CPAP machines, surgeries, whatever. She's got the Jimmy legs. <laughs> <laughs> the Jimmy legs. Um, Thank you, Kramer. And anxiety, depression, or PSD um, can be treated with behavioral changes yep. that have been proven effective 70% of the adults who suffer from nightmares. So, actually, one of the treatments that I was reading about today um, is an imaginary rehearsal treatment. Oh, okay. So this technique helps chronic sufferers change their nightmares by rehearsing how they would like them to transpire. That's insane. That's instead crazy. Instead of how they actually go. So you're kind of just taking your nightmare and making it into what you want it to be. And okay. you kind of play it over, over, and over in your head. Okay. You know who tries that? Who? People that bring <laughs> um, <laughs> anxiety or emotional support animals that are but like peacocks. Like, it's not just, like, a little cat or a pu- They bring, like, a peacock on a plane. Those, that's the, the people that go to that are those psychopaths. Yeah, my pet oh my peacock. You have, I have a therapy animal. That's fine. Should be a dog or a cat, maybe a bunny, maybe a bird, maybe mm. a fish. A fish. Not a fucking peacock. You don't get to have Did, did you know Sorry. someone who brought a there peacock? There was a story. It happened on a plane. Like, it was this did big it? story about some lady bringing her peacock oh on a plane. Oh, my God. What a psychopath. First off, that doesn't seem like a very... Animal conducive for cuddling or love or affection. It's a bird, aka a dinosaur. So I wouldn't want to hang out <laughs> with a fucking peacock. Sorry, it's that's pretty good. much that a sounds, dinosaur. That sounds okay. more stressful. All birds are dinosaurs. All right, that's okay. Raptors. Anyways, that is true. That is true. They actually have said so. Like the fact, the, de- the, the depictions of dinosaurs that you know from like Jurassic Park are right. outdated now. They all look like gigantic. They birds. have feathers, like they have feathers, They're birds. And shit. Like They're just yeah, a bunch of birds crazy. running around. Which I'm sorry, my dinosaurs will always look like Velociraptors and T-Rexes from Jurassic Park. Fuck yeah, off them. with your birds. I don't want. I don't want birds. raptors on ice with feathers. Coming no, out of no, I'm, I'm good. I don't want my raptors flying. I mean they. Arguably make them scarier, but I just like the look of like the the JP That's dinosaurs. That's why chickens and roosters and turkeys are yeah. terrifying and, and very I was aggressive. A, yeah, yeah. I was, I, a di- I was a dinosaur kid, so I like my the favorite way my was a stegosaurus. I, I love the stegosaurus. Personal stegosaurus favorite. was my shit. I so was the all... pterodactyl had feathers. Pterodactyl apparently. Well, all, apparently they, they all they all feathers. did. Not just like a T Rex had. So feathers. a T Rex had feathers. Yes. Stop it. I swear to God. Oh, I don't know about T Rex. Like a shark. Like every, every dinosaur they're so. saying now. So like and feathers. Like sharks with legs or sharks with what was it? Oh the, what was God. your creep of the week? Yeah, sharks, it was with legs. sharks with legs. So picture dinosaurs with feathers because that's what they fucking. That's had, hilarious. Apparently. Yeah. Wow. A bunch of big birds running around. Big, yeah, exactly. Not people because there's no people around. Mm. All right, and, well, let's get back on the bus <laughs> Yes, here. back to nightmares. Sorry, um, that's a nightmare. In everybody back on the bus. Everybody, everybody back, back on the bus. On the bus. Uh. Other treatments for nightmares. Mm-hmm. Um, regular wake-sleep schedule. So going to bed, waking up around the same time uh, every yeah. day. I don't sure. do that. Which is very hard to do. During the winter? I, no. I try. I try. Well, you, yeah, that makes sense. You have a consistent... I, was, yes. I, mean, I have a consistent job. I'm not saying I don't have a job, but you have your job is required you to get up same time, get yes. home, same, yep. same, same, exactly. Sure. So that's easy. Right. Um, Must be nice. It, <laughs> it is very yes. entitled for my wake sleep schedule. It's, it's nice for my wake. Sleep uh, I don't like how entitled your wake sleep schedule is. <laughs> I need my eight hours. <laughs> um, <laughs> engaging in regular exercise. Yep. Um, yoga, meditation. Um, good sleep hygiene, which goes along with the wake sleep schedule. Okay. 
It's like go to sleep, not like dirty and brush your teeth. Just, apparently. you know, like unwinding, not being on your phone, like kind sure. of practicing. Don't like look for your phone the minute you wake up. Like, I mean, just stuff like that. Oh, I'm um, guilty of that. Making your bedroom a relaxing, tranquil place that it is reserved for sleep and sex. So you don't associate it with stressful activities. <laughs> How about that? Um, also being cautious about the use of alcohol, caffeine, and nicotine, which can remain in your system for more than 12 hours and often disrupt sleep patterns. <laughs> okay. So, those are all things that can help you not have nightmares. Okay. With all that said, can sure. anyone relate? Uh, do you know, personally know someone that they feel comfortable talking about, about anxiety, PTSD, depression? Um, in terms of withdrawal from substances and alcohol, Mike, you did dry January. I did. Did uh, you have any nightmares maybe in the beginning? So I wish I had some, uh, you know, provocative answer here. But I guess for me, the fact is I am terrible at remembering my dreams beyond a certain point. So I can't really say that I had more nightmares during dry January while I was not drinking alcohol um, than I ever really had in the past. But again, I don't really remember them that much. But I, I do remember... Obviously not drinking, uh, I slept way better, I felt way better. So I, I feel like I had an overall a much more positive mindset. You know, it did suck while I was doing it, especially being kind of the only one doing it. Um, so I'd recommend, you know, every some every so often people just need to reset themselves a little bit. So I'm, I'm a fan of so overall good take, taking some time off. Oh, I, I slept great. I slept awesome. You sleep good all the time, though. I do, but I don't. Like I, I always fall asleep easily, but I, I do find that, you know, if, if you, obviously, if you go out, you have a few drinks, you definitely don't sleep as well. It's right. more of a distressed type of sleep. Sometimes you wake up multiple times in the middle of the night, and that shit happens. But, yeah, I mean, I, I've definitely had some recurring nightmares in my life which I'm sure we'll get into we will, for yep. all of us. We don't need to talk about but I, I did not have a higher occurrence of nightmares while doing Dry January, to answer your question. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, Andrew, this is something you can relate to, potentially. Um, so I personally have vision problems. Andrew also has vision problems. Mm -hmm. I do. Um, so we <clears throat> can't see if we don't have our glasses on, like, steer clear, because I... I'm, I'm a mess. I'm aware of both of these. Yep. Have you ever driven without your glasses on? No. I did it once. Oh, this my God. This was, like, forever ago. Me and my brother got in a fight, and I was in a tiff. My glasses broke. You broke my glasses. <laughs> and I got so mad. I'm like, I'm fucking out of here. Oh, God. So this I, this was maybe more than 10 years. This was, like, 13 years ago. So I got in my car, no glasses because they were broken, and oh I started boy. driving down the street. I think I got about 30 yards, and I was like, this nope, is a bad, bad idea. I'm gonna go I don't even know. <laughs> yeah. Where what's going on? It just yeah. everything looked like the road. So the I think, person looked like the road. The car looked like yeah. the road. It was bad. I think the person one that time you hit I and killed <laughs> looked like the road. I don't think I killed anybody. <laughs> I think I've driven with one contact in before and literally had to cover. Oh, my other I've done eye. that before because it's burning your eye. Yeah. You're like, I gotta get this out of my head. Yeah, you rip it out and then you're like, I can do a yeah, lot of stuff like, with shit. one eye. Yes, you yeah. can. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I wish I could relate to you guys on that. I actually have. Perfect vision, I'm sorry to say. So I, I cannot relate to your vision struggles, but well, I, give so you, I give you both all the credit in the world. Relating back to our Thanks. vision yeah. struggles. <laughs> Appreciate it. Give you all so, that credit for being blind, you bastard. God. <laughs> sorry. Relating to our vision struggles, I, as a kid, and like still to this day. I have, know exactly what you're going to say. Have the worst time when I wake up in the middle of the night and I picture things of like what they are in my room. So when I was growing up, 
Um, I used to make stuff up in my head because I couldn't remember, like, if there was a chair or, like, if there was, like, a jacket that I threw over a chair or, like, a hat over there or whatever, like, hanging on my closet or whatever. And I used to make up, like, crazy things in my head that, like, I didn't know. I couldn't see what they were in the dark at all. So I would just be like, oh, my God, I don't know what that is. And then I'm like... Is it moving? I don't think so. Like, I... <laughs> and when we say it doesn't matter what it is, we literally mean it could be just a piece of clothing hung yeah. over the TV yep. or just somewhere. Yeah. And that's the first thing you see oh, and yeah. you have a literal heart attack. Yes. Terrifying. My One of my scariest dreams involves something like that. It was, a du- <laughs> it was one of those double dreams. So I'm in my dream and my dad comes into my room looking all like Jack Nicholas. Nicholson. 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 <laughs> Comes into my room to wake me up for school or something, and he's got a knife in his hand. And so I wake up. Oh, yeah. I think I'm out of the dream, but I'm not. I'm still in the dream. He comes in the room. Happens all over again, basically. I shoot up out of bed. I don't have my glasses on, and there's a coat hanging on, like, my door. And I think it's, like, a person or something. And I almost, like, it's like... (gasps) Yeah. (laughs) You're like, oh, God, where's my glasses? Yeah. Oh, it's okay. It's just a coat. Fuck. I almost shat myself. It's Oh, it's absolutely terrifying. There's nothing it's, worse than not knowing. That's why I now I think that's the main reason I sleep with my contacts in. <laughs> oh, you should not do that. I know it's bad for your health, but it's, it's good really for my bad. mental health when I wake up from a scary dream. <sighs> not that that happens that often, but you I also was under the um I'm starting to get the suspicion, the slight suspicion cap that at the end of this it's like an intervention. You're like asking us, you're doing all this WebMD stuff, like, do you have restless leg syndrome? What's your scariest dream? Guess what? You should You get doctor. to go to the mental hospital. <laughs> Men in white coats just come in and take us away. This was all a setup by Kat to see if we were insane, and she oh, just got the man. white coats waiting outside. Oh, God. Thank you. Didn't surprise me. Sounds horrifying. Yeah, yeah so... That's what I, I think's going on, but that's mm-hmm. okay. It's yeah. all a simulation. I mean, it's terrifying not to be able to see. And oh. You mix, you mix that with the dark and forget it. Like, I, I should have got... Well, no, it's fine with the dark because you can't see anything in the dark anyway. But I feel like once I put on my glasses, then I'm like, okay, I can see... I can get an idea of what things are, but without my glasses, it's just a big black, like, blur, little blurry images all I, over the place. Like that actually makes sense now. I think this is a result of PTSD... To me, waking up not being able to see, which is why I now wear contacts <laughs> to bed. Because that way, when I wake up, my eye may be infected, but at least I can see the monster in the corner of the room that's just a jacket. So yeah, yeah. That happens. Yeah. But well, yeah. Well, I think even being able to see, I feel like I've had a few times when I've woken up in the middle of the night and seen something in the corner of the room, they're like, oh, it's the fucking dresser. Oh, it's the mirror. Oh, it's a, a shirt slung over a chair or something yeah. like that. Yeah, in the dark, that's yes, a but if it's thing. in the morning... Yeah, that's a problem. And it's bright. <laughs> that's and an there's issue. light shining in, and then you see a shadow. Mm. Then it's like, oh my god. Things yeah. are a lot scarier when they're not happening in the dark. Because in the dark, that's when you expect that to happen. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, actually, thinking of all that stuff, would you guys, or have you ever, put a notebook next to your bed, like, to record your dreams? Like, so if you wake up, or even, I know, you, like, your thoughts, if you're thinking of something, but... So, I have not. Have you? I did it for about a week with different intentions. I was... I was looking and I was starting to have like more lucid dreams and I was trying to have more and more of them because that's how you have lucid dreams is you keep a dream diary and you read it and you go over it and then that way 
you read it before bed so you can get back into that dream world that you what? were in. Because like and that, ever, that worked for you? No, it didn't. I did it oh, for like okay. a week. <laughs> like everything else. Like everything else. But that's the that's, that's, a that's, cool that's idea. the theory of lucid dreams. Is you can mm-hmm. that's how you get them to happen more often is by being aware yep. of your dreams, being aware of that landscape, that world, and then you just bloop. Well, I was kind of thinking. I was like, "Would you guys want to try and do that?" I was like, it's, "Maybe even, not not like a month, but so like for like a week or see I, how it goes." Can I explain it to you in yeah. one way that is the easiest way to describe it? Sure. Keeping a dream diary is similar to ha- waking up in the middle of the night and having to go pee. You don't want to do it. You yeah. want to just go back to sleep. Like if you wake up and you have to pee, you're like, oh. "Yeah, I'm like," and you go back to bed. So now you're waking up, and now you sleep. have to write yeah. down your dream. What happens is you write down the dream, and then after that, you're wide, wide awake. awake. Yeah. And then it's tough going back to sleep. Yeah. I kind of want to try it, though. Talk about sleep disorders. That causes sleep. Right? One of the causes yeah. of sleep disorders is keeping a dream diary. <laughs> well, for like a week, I mean, you could kind of, I mean, it might not hurt. Okay. Um, it's also very difficult to write down what happened in your dream, because you start writing yeah. it, and you go, this is madness. This is, yeah, this is crazy. None of this, this makes any sense. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I talk to Mike about some of my dreams sometimes, and he's like, what the fuck? I'm like, oh, it's yeah. a mailbox, and like this, that, and whatever, and like yeah. this thing was on fire, and, and she's Steve just like, from Blue's Clues came out? Yeah, Steve from, like, oh, God, Blue's Clues, Blue's Clues. <laughs> well, she said mailbox, and I was like, mail time. Mail time. <laughs> it's the mail and never All right, enough Blue's Clues. You know, they changed that now. It's like emails now. So related to the, the dream diary stuff, so like I mentioned, I've never done it personally, but... I know that's how a lot of writers have gotten inspiration for some of their stories, especially horror writers, and, you know, particularly someone like Stephen King, probably the most famous horror author of all time. In fact, one of my favorite short story uh, short story collections of his is called Nightmares and Dreamscapes. Huh. So it's a collection of about 20 short stories... Uh, several of the stories were adapted into a TV series that was on TNT way back in the day. This is like 2007, 2008. I might even have, oh even my god, before that. so long. <laughs> oh my god. Um, but some of the most famous stories, uh, Crouch End, which is an H.P. Lovecraft-inspired cosmic horror-type story. Uh, you know they got a hell of a band, which is this weird short story about a couple that is lost and they drive into this town where it's... Uh, occupied by all dead rock stars. They just live in this this fictional town. It's wow. kind of a cool story. Um, one of my favorite Stephen King short stories and a very cool concept, it's almost kind of like they live a little bit, but it's called The Ten O'Clock People. The Ten O'Clock People references a group of people that would normally go outside at 10 o'clock in the morning at work to smoke cigarettes because they were smokers, that when they quit smoking, that loss of nicotine intake allows them to see this race of, like, alien beings that are on Earth. What? It's a wacky fucking story, but it's a really, really good one. Uh, Popsy is another good one. It's basically about a pedophile that tries to abduct, abduct a child from a mall, and that child happens to be a child vampire, and let's say the dad vampire is not that happy about his child being abducted by a Very pedophile. protective, I would imagine. Yep. And then uh, there's also one called The Night Flyer, which is this wacky Stephen King story that was adapted into a... Uh, <laughs> crazy cheesy 80s B-movie where it's a journalist that is tracking a serial killer who uh, also happens to be a vampire that flies around in a small single-engine plane. It's a great story and a crazy-ass fucking movie. So, yeah, Nightmares and Dreamscapes by Stephen King. I don't know if they were inspired 
by his nightmares per se. There's not a lot of info on that out there. I looked it up, but I mean, the, ni- the, the title of the story is Nightmares and Dreamscapes, so I'm sure that there's some inspiration there. Okay. Yes. Sorry. Go ahead. Um, so next kind of topic is why we forget our dreams or, nights, or nightmares when we wake up. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was doing a little research on this guy from Tufts who said we forget almost all of our dreams as soon as we wake up. Mm-hmm. Um, it has to do with the neurochemical conditions in the brain that occur during your REM sleep, which is your rapid eye movement sleep yep. and dreaming. Yep. The sleep um, that you want, REM sleep. Yes. Yep. Don't want to interrupt that. Mm-hmm. Don't interrupt um, the REM cycle. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I do constantly. That got into more of like how half of your brain functions differently than the other. But in short, we don't remember a lot of things. Like even like, can you can you remember what you were thinking about when you brushed your teeth this morning? Kind of thing. So I saw that question on your outline today when yes. you sent it over to us. I legit thought about that for a good like ten minutes. Nope. I have no fucking clue. I have Are no you even idea. Tried to remember that. I, I tried. Remember. I honestly, I was like, what I was I thinking about? Half the time when about? you're spacing out, that's why it's called spacing out. Right. Yeah. You're not. You have no idea what's going on. I yeah. can't tell you what I was. My mind was wandering when I was staring at you. Were, I was looking at him sniff your coat, and then mm. the dog. Not just, <laughs> yes. Oh, oh, I, I had kind of. I had kind of zonked out for two seconds you know. watching Otis sniff Cat's coat. Well, he, he, and I don't he, know what I was thinking about. You know. I was thinking maybe there's a treat in there, but also I yeah. probably was thinking about. I don't know. Right. Well, he's he's a handful. He tends to wander in and out of most recordings, and uh, he's right at my hand right now. Playing, he wants to play. But one fun fact that I will always remember: they say you should never wake a dog up in the middle of a dream. Mm. Uh, that's supposed. That's to be a good bad. way to get well, bit. Had... Good way to get bit. Yeah, exactly. Well, if you get bit, also... that's your. Fault. Never happened with Otis. Otis is an angel. They also said with dogs, angel you can cause seizures. That's if true. You wake them up uh, from that's a dream. right. We did talk about that. I yeah. I would never. So want don't to wake a dog. Don't yeah. wake a dog up. Yeah. If a dog's well, sleeping, so what's what's the phrase? Let sleeping dogs sleeping sleeping dogs lie lie. Yeah, there's yeah. a reason for that. Yeah, yeah. apparently, right. all these expressions have a root in some sort of sense of reality. Yeah. So overall, um, we are as humans are very good at forgetting things. We are um, as humans. Yeah. We only we only recall by nature. We only recall things that we want to think about often or have emotional significance. A problem, a date, a meeting. Um, although most dreams, so this was a quote from there. Although most dreams vanish, certain ones tend to remain. These dreams were so beautiful or bizarre, they captured our attention and increased activity in our, that's a bunch of letters that I don't remember, in a part of our brain. <laughs> <laughs> Thus, the more impressive your dream or thought, the more likely you are to remember it. It's a, it's a whole, it's a bunch of letters from like uh, some center thing in your brain that I didn't write down because I didn't want to get like wicked into it, but. Let's so, go. Oh, uh, DLPFC, D- that one? Yes. Okay. I don't know what that is. It's, um, it's all right. Dilf, Dilfcock. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. <laughs> Dilfcock. Dilf, Dilfcock. But <laughs> I feel like even like I will be in the middle of the day. Like I remember one time we were out like, I, I tried to remember the last time that I remembered a a dream and we were just having a conversation. I think Mike and I were on the porch and I was just like, oh, I just remembered this weird dream that I had last night and it was about like this and that and whatever and blah, 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 blah. And he's like, Jesus Christ, why did I, like, I won't just, like, I'll kind of, things will just automatically come back to me or something will trigger me to remember the dream that I had last night. Exactly, it'll be like some random thing. There's been a a few times where you've had dreams or bad dreams or nightmares where you've woke up and been mad at me for something that I did in your nightmare, but you couldn't remember what it was. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That's the worst worst way to wake up. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Sure. 
So you didn't turn the grill off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you didn't turn the heat off or something like that. Yeah, there's so, a fire. <laughs> oh my god! I'm just kidding. So incorporating, um, we're going to start incorporating categories as Mike usually does in his outline. I love it. Nice so, job. So um, best death. So we'll say I will ask you guys: Have you had a dream that you've died? Have you ever dreamt that you died? Isn't that an impossibility? No. Nope. You can dream that you die. I feel like you always wake up before you die. Well... At least I always wake up before I die. Maybe because I know better. And I'm like, I'm not going to let myself die in a dream and risk that game. Because then maybe you don't... Maybe that's how you die. If you don't wake up before you... Like, if you're in your sleep, people die in their sleep. Maybe it's because they didn't wake up in their dream. I mean, that's that's a scary possibility That wouldn't be... You wouldn't have scientific proof to... Right. ...rebut that. Sure. That's right. So, uh, have you ever I mean, died in a dream, Michael? I'm sh- absolutely probably too many times to count or remember, and I can't remember any specific time where I have died. But I mean, I can recall of, of the nightmares and bad dreams that I have had that I can recall. I've noticed patterns of like my real life fears in them. So, like claustrophobia. Like I feel like I've had a few dreams where I've been buried alive, that type of thing. But you never Ooh. died. But I never died. Probably the scariest recurring nightmare that I can remember having, and this is this is going to sound weird, I have recurring dreams of being in some sort of city or town where there's a huge tidal wave that oh is followed by like a tsunami and a sudden influx well, a of yeah, a, bun- a bunch of water, <laughs> and then all of a sudden I'm in this place and it's just... You're in a city, but with a, the ocean in it, and there's all sorts of creatures in the ocean. So there's sharks and you know fish and whatever else, and that freaks me the fuck out. So that's one, uh, one, one, one. Dream. Maybe that's a fear that I've always had that I never there really knew go. about. Interesting I don't know. dream. I had um, a scary nightmare once. This was a while ago, mm-hmm. almost identical. We were living in Hull at the time, which is like a peninsula in Massachusetts, oh, yeah. and the water surrounds it. And living in like a, I was in a high rise at the time, so there's no high rises there. It was a couple stories up, mm. but there's this giant tidal wave, but it was red. Yeah, and in the tidal wave wasn't like sharks and yeah. alligators. It was people riding chariots. Wow, so it was a little weird. Holy it's shit, kind of fucking. So kind of like a Greek mythology. Yeah, kinda. it was kind of terrifying. <laughs> but that's the only that. As soon as you said that, it reminded me of that. Terrifying oh, dream. good. I'm glad we, but, we have similar nightmares. Okay, so I assume I died in that dream, but I never died in that dream. Probably. So this is what I'm saying. No one actually dies in the dream. They're just assuming they're dying. So I, I'm in the same boat with you. I because have... this is all going based off of essentially a confession from someone. And we all Correct. know how confessions are weak. I think I think I've I've heard of people saying that they've died in their dreams. I don't I've never I've never done that. Well I prove mean, it. There's no proof. There isn't. Well, can't prove no that proof aliens exist. That, so you didn't either. Then you, you can't prove that you don't Die, that you die in your but room. I would always wake up before I would die in a dream, whether it's like falling, like literally face first onto mm. pavement, and before I wake up, I feel like I've what's happened to me before is I wake up and I feel like my whole body spasm, and I wake up, but I didn't actually die in the dream. Yeah, well, that's like the same as when you're you you you. I've had plenty of dreams where I've been shot in the dream. I got shot, and most of the times it's in the arm. Yeah, and you wake up and you're sleeping on your arm. And your arm's asleep, and it's numb, and it's dull, and that's the arm you got shot. It's right. almost like your body saying, yeah. hey, idiot, wake up. You're sleeping on your arm right. and cutting off circulation. Yeah. That is that, that is so weird. Um, I've actually heard of that phenomenon before. So I'm a huge Deftones fan. They're my favorite band. They have an album that came out in 2006 called Saturday Night Wrist, which would seem like a random title. That's actually a real clinical thing. It's extremely rare. 
But essentially what it is, is people that fall asleep on an arm, their hand, whatever, an extremity, and it causes them to lose the use of that limb. Oh, completely? Completely. Like their body doesn't wake them up? Exactly. Because that happened to me. It happens all the time. And you wake up from it because your body gives you a... Like, I thought I got shot in the arm, so I assumed I was going to die, so I woke up out of the dream. Right. In reality, I was... I was like, ah, (laughs) <laughs> you're wake up and you're like walking around like no arms like, oh, like, like, how did fucking, I fall asleep like, like this like Edgar from Men in Black Ooh. Ooh. I think I've fallen asleep like that a couple times here where I'm yeah. like, half my body's on your couch right? the other half's yeah. like face planted <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so um, dissecting this whole idea so if you do die in your dreams what does it mean so I did a little background on it. So when sure. I was in college, actually, I had a friend that had a dream diary. So you could actually look up. It was really cool. And so we would actually look up and be like, oh, what did you dream about? What Have you dreamed about this, that, or whatever before? Um, so you can say, I died in my dream last night. What does that mean? It could mean a multitude of things. Okay. A new beginnings. A, a new beginnings. Or new beginnings, which means interchanges, transformation, self-discovery, positive sure. development. Sure. Or it could say it could mean a part of you has died. So it's ending old ways, bad habits, or destructive behavior. It could be a wake-up call, meaning your way, your mind's way of grabbing your attention where you need to take action, like a health warning. Have you made any like unhealthy lifestyle changes that you need to stop doing? Sure. Um, it could mean an escape, which is trying to escape the demands of your daily life. Okay. You could be coping with a death which is a way for you to deal with the thought of your own death someday or if someone in your life is terminally ill. Terminally Do you ever think Ill? of your own death? Do you ever think of death as it relates to you? Yes. Yes, I have before. Does it scare you? It does. Does it scare I assume it scares you. I think dying scares, like the way that I would die scares me more than actual, like, death. Yes. I agree. That's probably a that's probably a better way of putting I would agree it. With yeah, that. yeah. There's because like yeah, I'm just I'm just curious yeah. like how people think because like, like obviously how do you go? How right, would I want to die? Right. in my sleep in a nightmare sure. where I don't wake up. Yeah, not drowning. But again, it, drowning is is, is my night is fire. my is dying in my sleep part of a nightmare where I either drown in a big tidal wave or I'm buried alive. Like I've often had nightmares. Those are, oh, those are like, terrible ways. To die. My God, two of the worst. All you two need now is to be eaten by a crocodile. Yeah, because that's terrifying. Yeah, that would be awful, too. That would be awful. Um, So a couple of other... Or by a cannibalistic cult. Yikes. A couple of other meanings could be self-sacrifice. You feel that you're always putting yourself uh, before the... uh, You're always putting the needs of others first before yourself. Um, You could be missing a characteristic, which means you're dreaming about the death of a loved one that suggests you're lacking a certain aspect or quality that that loved one embodies. Wow, okay. Um, it could be resentment. A dream about someone's death may mean that you are harboring some deep-seated resentment towards any person. Um, and then there's a whole thing where it's your, uh, a separate... Hold on. I see your hand. You're, wait your turn. Um, <laughs> hand down, so Andrew. So if you are dreaming of someone who is go already bathroom. dead, has anyone experienced that? Did you dream of some, Did you dream of someone who's already dead? I think so. I think I probably have to. Uh, I can't that's recall dead? it. That someone is dead? This per- oh, yeah. Yes. No, that was a trip. Never mind. <laughs> no. So to see or talk to the dead, in, so not you're not, it's not you're dead, it's someone else is dead. And they come to I you I understand that, because if I was dead, then how would I be dreaming? Well, yeah. No, dreaming of your own death. Anyways. So to see or talk to the dead in your dream forewarns that you are being influenced by negative people and are hanging out with the wrong crowd. 
Wow. This dream may also be a way for you to resolve Who wrote this, Karen? No. You shouldn't smoke cigarettes. You don't want to hang out with that crowd. <laughs> this dream may also be a way for you to resolve your feelings with those who have passed on. Alternatively, the dream could also symbolize material loss. Whole lot on this is based on who you dreamt of and how long they passed away. But overall, dreaming of death as a... Um, as, sorry. Dream death as a... Sim- as symbolic of something in your waking life is as I can't even read this. <laughs> well, that, oh. That's not English. I don't no, know. No, I didn't. Sentence yeah, is. I fucked this up. You didn't um, write that. No, I don't know. Overall, dreaming of death <laughs> is not a terrible thing. It's it means something is changing or ending in your life. Okay. And anyways, fair enough. Has anyone had recent nightmares, bad, scary dreams that they can think of that they want to talk about that they remember recently? And what do you think they mean? Um, Do you want me to go first? I, none, <laughs> uh, I mean, the, I've had... All right. So, I mean, I, you go. So, I recently had a dream. And I think I even told you about... I don't even know if you remember this. But I was telling you about this last night. I had a dream about my dad and the grill in their backyard. And I fucking told the you. The bottom... Yeah, grill. <laughs> you always got to be the grill. The bottom was on fire. <laughs> oh, no, the... Um, <laughs> So the the bottom of the propane grill had, there was no bottom, and it was just like the coil with the propane, and he was lighting it and being like, oh no, it's totally fine, it's totally fine, and I was like, you can't use this grill, Jesus Christ, blah, 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 blah. So anyways, um, I know that the the dream slash nightmare ended with me yelling at him, I think the the grill like blew up because of whatever. But you were both alive at the end. Yes, well, I don't think that it even ended. I think it was just like a little piece. Like you know how sometimes you dream and it's like it it's feels almost like, like it's a commercial. It's like there's a commercial in the middle of your dream. Yeah, for something. Ran- it's always completely random. It's like that Mountain Dew commercial you were talking about. Like you'll be having this intricate dream, and then the part you'll mainly remember is like the two minute interval where yeah. it's like about something completely off topic. It's just a commercial in your dream, right? Like, Oh, yeah. Doritos. Yeah. This is when I ate Doritos, and then they turned into spiders, and then <laughs> something else weird fucking happened. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, um, so that whole fear of fire and the grill and stuff was when I was a kid, and my parents had a house in Marshfield. So, and, yeah, that dream actually happened. Uh, oh, this is most an old dream? Oh, no, this was a real thing. Oh, and happened. you had the recurring <laughs> dream because so of So this that. could be a PTSD thing, I guess. That makes sense. That's <laughs> so, why you're so scared of grills. Well, because my mom, fire. I just, and, I, yeah, we've had a couple of fires in our, our lives, I could say. Yes, we actually... <laughs> Mike and I were in a situation where the other side of the wall on our apartment complex that we lived in at the time was on fire and burnt to the ground. Thank God for the firewall, but mm. the uh, firefighters went into our our unit Oof. to check for hot spots, and we were then displaced for about two months, and all yeah. of our shit smelled like smoke. That would be another terrifying it was a nightmare. way to die as a fire. In a fire. Oh, yeah. absolutely. I don't like when I get a baby burn on my finger. I'm like, oh, yeah. that hurts No, Mike, really Mike bad. opened the window, and it was just black. Uh. Outside. Damn. Yeah. It was terrifying. No, that Absolutely was that was terrifying. crazy, crazy morning. Yeah, I don't want to sure. indict myself, but I almost burnt down a Chinese restaurant once. Jesus oh, Christ. We'll move on. <laughs> no, but so this stems from when I was a kid. There was a fire in the grill. There was a wood fence behind the grill, and it caught on fire, and there were neighbors and the firefighter, and my mom's like, get out of the house, oh my God! And I'm just I like, imagine that's I'm like five years old, like yeah, crying, yeah, just yeah, be like, yeah. oh my God, my house is burned yeah. down, what about the dog? Where's like, my no, stuffies? Oh my God. So yeah, that's, yeah. Mike, yes. Um, so I already talked about the, uh, the tidal wave dreams and stuff. The only other recurring dreams or nightmares that I've had, which I guess, you know, 
Hey, I love monsters. Uh, I have had werewolves in my dreams. Oh, boy. So, I don't know what that means. Probably means I'm fucking weird. But, I guess now is probably as good of a time as any. Uh, Just as a reminder that today's episode of America's Hometown Horror is brought to you by Clark's. Uh, Clark's story, as I said before, began almost 200 years ago when Cyrus and James Clark made a slipper from sheepskin. At the time, it was groundbreaking. A combination of invention and craftsmanship that's remained at the heart of what Clark's does. From the very beginning, Clark's has always thought differently. Brilliant ideas are what set Clark's apart. And America's Hometown Horror is teaming up with Clark's and Podgo to bring you up to 30% off of select items, including the iconic Clark's Desert Boot, by going to podgo.co slash Clark's. Again, that's podgo.co slash Clark's. Get yourself a nice pair of Clark's shoes, folks. Back to the dreams. Andrew. Okay, so I didn't realize we were talking. Were we were just were we just talking about recurring dreams or just dreams in general? We can talk about recurring dreams. No, no, no. I, I thought that's what we were talking about. Because I have dreams, two, dreams have, where you've died. I have. In. Okay, I don't have any dreams where yeah. I died in. But are we going to get into like our own scariest dreams at some point? Yes, okay. actually, that is coming up in Captain. Oh, okay. Hours. I didn't want to interrupt, so I wanted to check with that. But you have had nightmares because you said to me yesterday that you. No, I know, but not recur. I thought I was getting into. I didn't. I but I've never died in my nightmares. Okay. All right, that's So fair. that's why there's no answer to that question. Mm. All right, so enough with the serious stuff. We can talk about some fun stuff about nightmares. Let's which, do it. Which is Cat's category. All right. Okay, so um, let's start with what's the first movie that pops into your head about nightmares? Andrew. Shadow People. Shadow People, okay. Yeah. And Phantasm. So I knew you were going to say Phantasm here. <laughs> um, so I figured you would want to talk about Phantasm. I also think of Shadow People and more specifically a 2015 movie called The Nightmare, which is directed by Rodney Asher. He also directed the fantastic documentary about the, the uh, subconscious meanings of The Shining called Room 237. Which oh, I didn't see that. Too. He did that. He did The Nightmare and he has a new movie coming out called A Glitch in the Matrix, which just premiered at Sundance, which is like same style, trippy, weird, uh, conspiracy theory type shit. That movie scared the fucking bejesus out of me, The Nightmare, because it actually is, is told through the lens of people that actually suffer from sleep paralysis. And some of these creatures, beings, figures that they actually see when they're actually powerless to move or do anything. They're essentially laying there frozen, essentially observing their own body being watched and or fucked around with these beings. So sleep paralysis sounds like a horrible scary thing. Andrew, oh, yeah. I'm, I know you mentioned in the past that you've had some experience with this. I'll let you digress on that. But also, I mean, isn't the obvious answer a nightmare on Elm Street? Well, yeah. I mean, obviously the most famous kill I think in Nightmare on Elm Street is Johnny Depp's kill because it was one of the first movies that he was in where he's pulled into the bed, essentially, yeah. by Freddy Krueger. But, you know, every death in that movie is, is they are pulled dreaming. Into the they bed. Are, yes, pulled into the bed. There's the, uh, you know, Freddy coming out of the bathtub. There's the first death, which is arguably the most grisly with the woman that uh, is getting slammed repeatedly against her ceiling and her walls mm-hmm. while her boyfriend watches on, powerless to help what's going on because Freddy's just mm-hmm. killing her. So, yeah, I would say for me, the movies that pop into my head when I think about nightmares are The Nightmare and A Nightmare on Elm Street. Do you want to talk a little bit more about Shadow People and Phantasm? First off, I'm pretty sure Phantasm was the first one where someone was pulled into their bed, not Nightmare on Elm Street. Here we go. That's just being technical. I know. Actually, true. Fact. That's fine. Not opinion. Fact, not opinion. Yep. Um, Okay. All right, Felger. 
as far as Shadow People goes, there was an awful movie from 2012 that came out called The Shadow People, which I was referring to. It gets terrible reviews. Reviews. I thought it was an awesome movie. Okay. It was about like college kids during the 70s that just had like randomly, they were in good health. They were just dying in their sleep. Apparently, I think it was a true story, like based off of true events so from that time period. I, I think I remember that story because that was the that was Wes Craven's inspiration for Nightmare on Elm yeah. Street. There was a series of cases, I think, in, in a in country Kentucky. in Asia, in where K- there's probably been multiple Kentucky, There was them. college kids. There was like nine of them. Just dying in their sleep. Just dying oh in their sleep. Yeah. Like, and like he was talking to them on the radio because he did like a night show or something and one guy killed themselves. I think that might have been where the show took creative liberties. I don't know if that... Or the movie took creative liberties. I don't know if that actually happened in real life but so he started getting attacked by these shadow people too like he would just see them in reflections of his television and that's basically where they say sleep paralysis comes from which i think is where nightmare comes from because that definition of nightmare you had right where it's night and scary not 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 horse uh no 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 something about uh so um 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 an evil, the first definition of the word, an evil spirit formerly thought to oppress people during sleep. So it was oppressing them, wasn't allowing them to sleep properly. Right. I've had one sleep paralysis dream that I can remember, and that's it. Do you remember what the dream was? Oh, yeah, it was so weird. What was the dream? Do you want to talk about it? So, don't I don't know if I felt, um, this was a while ago, I was at my sister's house, and it was actually a nap. I was taking a nap on her couch downstairs, TV was on. A nice sunny area. I don't know if I had been sleep deprived or ate something weird, but I took a nap. And this part isn't that weird to me anymore because I feel like it happens all the time, and I don't know if it's a condition. But there's times when I'm when I think I'm asleep, and I feel like whatever I'm sleeping on is bouncing up and down. And I don't okay. know if it's happening while I'm awake or if I'm sleeping. It, it's hard to un, it's hard to tell if it's. Like, it'd be easy to just be like, oh, it's paranormal. Like, you just feel like something's moving. I yeah. feel like the bed's moving up and down. And okay. I don't know if that's just some sort of synaps- synapsis in my brain, because it's been happening for a better time. part of 15 years sure. now. Yeah. So that's happening. I feel like the, the it's more extreme, though, it feels like it's, like, slapping up and down underneath me. But I'm, and I feel like I'm awake, but I'm not awake. I'm sleeping. And then, this is the part that was, like, tough to explain with the dream. Like, I feel like the beginning part of Evil Dead... With that camera shot through the woods, yeah, it's like kind of like the, the, the moving that, camera that, shot. That's like happening. That I'm. It's like it's almost as if I've taken on the um, view of the spirit that's coming to possess me in the stream. It's very weird. Okay, it's like flying towards me, and then I'm on the couch, and then I think I'm awake, but the couch is going up now, but I can't move, I can't get up, and then I finally am able to like roll over on my side, and my niece is like teddy bear sitting there on the corner. And then it stands up and starts walking towards me slowly. Oh, my God. And then I woke up. It's horrifying. That was... Did you wake up on the floor or on the I couch? I woke up on the couch. Hmm. Like, but I, I felt like I was awake the whole time. Right. But I couldn't move. So, so weird. Two questions for you. Uh, how frequently does this happen? And is it always on the couch or does it ever happen okay, when so you're in bed? That type of dream where I felt sleep paralysis. So this is that part. That was the only time where I had been sleeping where I felt it. Yep. Like the moving of the couch. Mm-hmm. Most cases, before I fall asleep, I feel like my bed is moving up and down. Okay. But wow. that's not sleep paralysis. No, no, no. The other one was. The other one was. This, yes. I don't know what is. Yeah. I don't know whether it's just my 
Maybe it's like a restless. It's either that or it's a uh, uh, demon haunting. <coughs> yeah, it's so okay. it's yeah. one of the two. Could I, be either. But yeah. I fall asleep so easily because I now I'm like, I feel it and I go, oh, shut up or whatever. <laughs> like I'm not worried about it. Doesn't it's not right. um it's not like terrifying me. It's just an annoyance, and I just assume it's nothing. But who knows? Who knows? Right? Who knows? W.B. Mason may know, but I don't know. So I was Pepperidge thinking, Farm knows. I was also thinking Nightmare on Elm Street, but then I was. Does the Babadook count? Is that a nightmare kind? Like you believe? I, I would. I would count that. Babadook has some very surreal, almost dreamlike scares in it, which mm-hmm. I feel like that was one of the scariest parts about the Babadook, which I look forward to covering this year because yes. I know it's on your list of movies. Well, and even I have one particular scene in that movie now that you mentioned Duke that I think of, of Baba. Well, that's what like. Andrew the Badabook. Andrew and I were talking about earlier. The Badabook. The Badabook. Um, Andrew and I were talking about earlier how we like wake up in the middle of the night and you can't really make out things. And I felt like I could feel that when I watched that. You'd see just like the hat or yeah. you'd see like the clothes. Mm. And like I was just like, whoa. That just brought me back to like childhood. Well, like, yeah, well, there's, 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 there's like, one <laughs> scare built on that in the Babadook where uh, the, I forget the actress's name, the, the main character's name. She's laying in bed and she's looking up at the ceiling and the ceiling is just all dark. And but you can see, like, the suggestion of something, yeah. like, up there, and then all of a sudden the Babadook just, like, pops, like, pops yeah. out. Hor- horrifying movie. That movie is yeah. so fucking yeah. scary. Sounds I like love a, That sounds Babadook. like a suggestion from, like, Bill Cosby or something. Mm-hmm. A slight suggestion. Jello Putin pops the Babadook. The Babadook. Babadook. The Babadook. Boop, boop. From what we do in the shadows. Oh, oh God. We should, yeah. did, you, did we show you the That's another show you need to watch. What's that? There's a Babadook in oh, I, the I, Shadows. I, I haven't seen it But yet. he, calls, he calls himself a Badabook. The Badabook. Uh, a Badabook. <laughs> the Badabook. Because he can't be the Babadook, so. So. Oh, yeah, yeah um, Babadook, I would agree with you, though. It's definitely dreamlike. Yeah. Continuing on VIP, uh, the cat. sorry, categories, we'll go on our next segment is mm-hmm. VIPs. MVPs? MVP, whatever. <laughs> VIPs, I'm not very I, important. I, I'm picking up what you're putting down. I was just busting so your balls. So it's MVP, but there's no MVP because it's not a movie. It's a VIP. So who is your very important person as a in, in like that you would associate with a nightmare? Like I, I would say I, mine would be like Freddy Krueger. I was going to say, is, is there another answer besides Freddy Krueger? I feel like he is the, the one horror villain you think of when you think of dreams and nightmares. You're like, Mr. Sandman. Mr. Sandman. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Give me a dream. There's also, by the way, uh, a very corny old episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark based around the Sandman, and the Sandman is played by Bobcat Goldthwait. Uh, it's fucking crazy. But um, I would also, we just talked about the Babadook, I would consider the Babadook to be a pretty horrifying presence in dreams and nightmares and obviously in that character's real life. Or does that movie just take place in her mind? What about the Boogeyman? Maybe more will come to, with that. I mean, obviously the Boogeyman is... is the boogie, the ultimate childhood <laughs> yeah. fear, right? Of the boogeyman, somebody living under your bed, like that type thing. But is there actually like a definitive movie that has a characterization of the boogeyman? I'm sure there are. It's I mean, there's a movie called, called, called the, the boogeyman. boogeyman, right? It's terrible. Yeah, but it's, there's I've a movie, seen that it's literally movie. Called, is it is Keanu Reeves in that? Maybe. Oh wow. Okay, maybe I'll see that then. I uh, know it's. You've terrible. never seen the boogeyman? No, I think I it's from like 2008. The Boogeyman. I just yeah. remember, so we, it's funny, last week we were talking about how the Ghostbusters YouTube channel is uploading all the episodes of the Ghostbusters cartoons on there for free so you can watch them. No, he's not in that movie. Uh, it also got 13% of Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, yikes. <laughs> that's, that's rotten. That's, that's that rotten. That is rotten. But there's an episode of the real Ghostbusters, the 80s cartoon, with this horrifying cartoon depiction of the Boogeyman that scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. I mean, I think of the Jeepers Creepers 
Okay, yeah. that's a scary villain. Yeah, that's a scary guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I actually did include this whole big list of movies. I don't think I'm going to read all of the things. That, I'm not going to read any of those. Yeah, no, we don't have to. If you, if the if question you, you have, I can answer if you want. If you look up on Wikipedia, just for listeners, um, films about nightmares, you will get a whole A to Z list of all these films with nightmares. Right. But I'm I was sorry. going what to. What is this movie? But <laughs> I saw that. I saw that. <laughs> what is it? A wet, a wet dream on Elm Street. A wet dream, a wet dream on, on Elm Street. <laughs> well, that sounds like a Browser's remake <laughs> yeah, of Nightmare on Elm you Street. Find this? Yeah. That was I literally I, copy and paste guys, it. Guys, I, uh, um, I gotta go. I gotta watch. You gonna do a little googling? I'm watch a movie real quick. Um, so, anyways, from all of that list of those lists, the list, <laughs> the list of movies. What is the scariest scene from one of the nightmare movies that's burned into your brain that you've had nightmares about? Does anyone have one of those? I can start if you like. I mean, I think if I've ever had a, I've, if there's a movie that's, if there's a scene that's ever scared me so much where it would induce nightmares, it's probably Texas Chainsaw Massacre when he opens up the door and he slams. Yeah. That induces nightmares to me. Yeah. That's, I would, would say for me, it's probably the movies that have scared me the most viscerally, which would probably be something like Alien. Or Jaws, or even a movie like The Descent that we covered uh, recently, which has elements of claustrophobia, darkness, and also crazy, scary monsters that are trying to rip your face off. Yes. So, yes. Mine um, did you is... Have a, go ahead. Yeah, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you do, off. Do you mind? Okay. Um, mine is The Ring, Samara, from The Ring. Oh, yeah, that's a scary movie. Um, and I think, honestly, like... Her, when she comes out of the TV and she becomes this real-life person, is, like, a terrifying thing because then she becomes part of real life. And then yeah. I start to see her in the corners of my room. And I start to just get, like, completely terrified of, like, yeah. the possibility that she could be there because I had seen, like, a clip of the ring, like, seven days ago. Who knows? Like, I yeah. mean, yeah. some irrational fear in my head. That That scene when she comes out of the TV... That's like a, I will never forget where I was when I watched that particular scene. That scared me. I was so yeah. terrified. That was very scary. That was horrifying. I was, and I was, remember, I was watching The Ring like a psychopath on right VHS. after it came out, probably on VHS or <laughs> maybe too. DVD. I was living at my parents' house at the time. I was watching it by myself at about 1.30 in the morning. And when that scene happened, I needed to like go into my bedroom after I finished the movie and like I pulled the covers like up to my eyeballs and I was like laying there like <laughs> praying for daylight that scared the shit out of me that one specific scene in the ring the rest of it is very good but that is the scariest scene in that movie or when they open the closet and the girl's head drops that's great that's crazy too or when they too. turn around and what's his face and you see yeah, his face I'm sure we'll, we'll, I think the ring's on your list too yeah. for this year but like even the way that movie is shot everything's so dark like even the scene when Naomi Watts is on the boat with the, and the horse jumps off like, oh yeah it's all so fucked when Brian Cox's character kills himself by electrocution in the bathtub everything's yeah. just so fucked in that movie it's such a japanese movie. Well, it was a, the American remake of the, the Japanese Ringu. Ringu. No, I know. That's what I'm saying. Those movies are all fucked. Oh, yeah. They have a way more morbid... Yes. Oh, absolutely. So, um, continuing on with categories, can, if I may. Sure. Do you have any more to add before I continue? I was going to say, um, I think you had a question for me about the list of movies that you uh, that you had for all the, uh, the Nightmare movies, right? Oh, I was going to say, um, in that list of movies, uh, how many have we covered? Yes. So, we do have a list of... of, of uh, that was pulled from a website like listing popular horror movies that involve nightmares and nightmare imagery so 
you wanted to know which films of these we've covered. So yes. we already talked about Phantasm. So we've covered, I would say, either two or, or one and a half with a caveat, okay? So obviously Phantasm we covered uh, on an episode where Andrew drove the bus. Lots of other bus driving tonight besides myself. Uh, one would need to do the cell. The cell, I would love to do the cell, actually. Jennifer Lopez and uh, Vince Vaughn. We were talking so about Vince yeah, Vaughn yeah. earlier. Um, we also covered uh, Black Mirror. Black Mirror, Bandersnatch. Well, we did an episode on Black Mirror, and we covered Bandersnatch, uh, Bandersnatch, Bandersnatch, pretty extensively in that episode. So those are the two on this list that we have covered. Do you? I, I'm having. I think we should also cover uh, a Wet Dream on Elm Street. A Wet Dream on Elm Street. That's about an hour and forty-five minutes long. Looks pretty good. I'm kind of having a hard time with the Black Mirror Bandersnatch thing, though, because I don't really associate that with a nightmare. So it's it's on the list. I don't recall. I mean, there's so much footage on that. I don't recall a particular memory of a nightmare either, but a lot of that is uh, involving drugs, right. hallucinations. So maybe, so that maybe in, some of those are nightmares. nightmares. I, I, don't, right. I don't know. But yeah. we also, like, I'm just going off the list as what was presented to me. Those are the two that we have covered. Sure. Um, moving on to categories, another mm-hmm. category, has there been any, any haunted attractions that either one of you have attended that have a nightmare vibe or that's based on a nightmare? Anything? Andrew? I don't, I don't. No. <laughs> so I, I have, I have a couple. So. I have a couple. Okay. So, uh. I knew f- Mike would have a few. Though. So, and, and loosely, right? Up for interpretation. So I've never been to anything on a local level that was based specifically on nightmares. I'm not saying that somewhere like Spooky World or uh, Barrett's Nightmare Haunted Mansion might have done something. Oh, Night- Nightmare New England has done something like that in the past. But the two that I thought of almost immediately when I saw this question. So, first vacation we ever took together was to Universal Studios Florida in October of uh, whenever Halloween Horror Nights 21 was going on. That Either was 12 or 13. Yeah, yeah something like that. So, uh, we went to Halloween Horror Nights 21. There were eight haunted houses. They were all great. We had an awesome time. That was a great vacation. Kind of made me love Halloween Horror Nights and obsess over it as much as I have, you know, all the time. So there were two particular haunted houses at that event that were, that had elements of that, right? So the mm-hmm. first one that I thought of, which I thought was, when I saw it, the name of it, I thought it was one of the coolest ideas for a haunted house that I had ever heard of, and it was called Nevermore, The Madness of Poe. Oh. So it was pretty much a walkthrough attraction where every different room was based on... So, like, you walk into the house, and in the first room, there's a there's an actor portraying Edgar Allan Poe. And throughout the house, you see another actor portraying Edgar Allan Poe descending further and further into madness. So oh. it looks more and more disheveled and fucked up as you go through the house. But in between those rooms, it's all ripped from his short stories. So there's uh, a room based on the Mask of the Red Death, a room based on the Raven, a room based on the Pit and the Pendulum, a room based on the Cask of Amontillado. There's a bunch of rooms like that, but almost like a peek inside Edgar Allan Poe's mind, because obviously I'm sure some of that stuff was based on his fucked up nightmares, visions, like what what have you. Uh, that was one that I thought of. Okay. And that was actually a really cool haunted house. I think that was the that first was awesome. one we yeah. went through when we, when we went that year. Um... And then, which actually was on my birthday that yes, particular yeah, year, because um, you gave me a Rob Gronkowski jersey for my birthday, which I wore to the right. event, which I still own. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the second one at that event this year was a house called The In-Between. Oh, right. I don't know if you remember this one as vividly, but this was a 3D haunted house that was, the concept was, I remember like the facade for the house, you walk into a gigantic... I think I have fake, a picture of that. Somewhere. We do have a, we have a picture of it. Okay. Uh, it's a gigantic fake comic book cover. 
where you're walking into like this like this spiral where a kid's like falling into a spiral of like and it's supposed to be like another dimension with like these weird demons and stuff but it's all supposed to be taking place in this kid who was reading the comics mind and it was all kinds of weird like i'm not necessarily a huge fan of 3d haunted houses in general but this one was probably the best i've ever walked through that was really cool and, you know, there are lots of weird creatures and, you know, people in elaborate makeup. And Halloween Horror Nights always does everything pretty well. But that was another highlight of the event that year, I yeah. thought. So those were the two that kind of, yeah. you know, came up when I thought of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I couldn't really come up with anything too much more because a lot of stuff is based on that we've been to. Um, movies or that type of stuff. So, But, yeah, I think those two are, are probably a good pretty representation of some nightmare type imagery. Nice. Yes. Awesome. All right. So my last and final categories question. I'm going to try and help you guys out with oh. your nightmares. Okay. Ready? This is my own little wild card thing. Wow. Okay. So think of your worst nightmare. If you, rep- if you replaced a person in your nightmare with your favorite actor or actress, would it still be a nightmare? So I will go first to give you an example. So if I changed out, like, Samara from The Ring with, like, Charlize Theron. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> so I'm like, so instead of, like, Samara standing in the corner, Charlize Theron would be standing yeah. in the corner. It's like, hey, what's up? Like, hey, still there to, how's it going? Still there to kill you, though. I'm gorgeous. Um, yeah, I think so. But I think I wouldn't be as scared of her as I would. But she also played, like, the Wicked Queen in Snow White. You'd be like, oh, my God, it's Charlie's Theron. Like, oh Hi, God, how Charlie are you? Can we have your autograph? Can we get a picture? You would die with a smile on your face. <coughs> yeah, I probably would. Yeah. Because yeah. you're yeah, still probably. dying. Yeah. Well, except, yeah. so you, you'd wake up like the, the girl in the closet with the ring, except you'd have a big fucking smile on your face. Yeah. Also, yeah. have, have yeah. you ever seen that movie where she plays that alien the skin or under, oh, monst- under the skin? That's that's um, no. Scarlett Johansson. Scarlett Johansson. Uh, yeah, I, think that yeah. under the skin, I know the movie you're talking that about. Though. Weird, yeah. yeah, that's a that's definitely a weird She's movie. Sexy too. Um, she is. But, but if she, you had, yeah, I would say yeah, Charlize Theron. Uh, that movie was she in that movie Monster? Monster. Yeah, yeah, yeah she, she played a serial killer. Fucked yeah. up and uh, Arlene. Arlene Wormos. Yes. Something like that. That's something close to that. But she she has she has some she, great range as an actress. I, yeah. I think so. I I could maybe see her being scary, but you'd probably just be like, "Wow, you are very pretty." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I I mean, for me, I guess from the nightmares that I can remember, I guess let's say I I replace the werewolf that's chasing me around my hometown of Randolph, Massachusetts, with. Uh, Brad Pitt and or Leonardo DiCaprio or Bradley Cooper or Bra- oh, Bradley Cooper how did I forget Hi. you you and your gorgeous hair my friend <laughs> you'd be like do you like my hair Bradley so any of those three men chasing me around Randolph I'd probably be like I don't know why I'm running I'd like to stop running you'd and just like, hey, get hey, autographs guys. or selfies or get hair tips or something <laughs> like that so I would like to think that uh, I would not be scared but I very well may be I don't know Andrew what about you I don't know if it would work. So the one nightmare, and I don't even know if it's a nightmare, but it, I had it when I was like 12, and it's like the one I most remember. Okay. And we were, we would always drive down to Florida for the winter, for like a week to go to Disney. Sure. And you're driving through a lot of like weird parts and stuff, and I don't know if I had watched something, but I was like 12, and we were. I had the dream while we were driving down to Florida in the car, we had stopped in some weird podunk fucking town, but they had a lot of money. For some reason, it seemed like 
But they had like a so they were known for um, they had like this leather shoe company. Okay. And they were using, they were basically kidnapping tourists that would be driving through on their way to Florida and turning their skin into leather shoes. That is Those, horrifying. They only and I woke up. <laughs> How is this just coming up now? <laughs> wow, well, that's I a scary dream. That. I had to, I was, that's I a fucking. That. That's when I was scary reading dream. this, I was like, oh yeah, that. That's uh, very weird. You should turn that into a short story. Well, I don't know if I had. Wa- I don't know if I had watched like the uh, what is it, House of Wax, by uh, the Vincent Price one, like yeah. before that or something, because like that's Vincent very that would make sense. similar yeah. to that. And that's that's. I mean, ex- except for the having money part, that's kind of okay, similar so- to Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, yeah. There was a well-to-do in little town. Like, hey, look at this bustling community. Oh, yeah. they sell these vintage mm. leather shoes. Yeah. Who would be the person who would be chopping you up then? I don't know. Who's your favorite? Whoever actor? it is, you love Ryan. So picture Ryan, uh, Ryan, Ryan, Ryan Gosling is trying to chop Alexandra Daddario from True Detective. I mean, I'd let her chop me up. Yeah. So I can't really. Uh, <laughs> that's, see, that's, there. That makes yeah. it a. Uh, that makes it. Then a, you're like, you know what? It's not. That so makes scary. it a wet dream on Elm Street. <laughs> 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 Which nice is one of the movies nice on the list for there. some reason. <laughs> oh, man. Awesome. awesome. All right. Well, guys, any final thoughts on Nightmares? Any other things you want to share before we wrap this up? I can't wait to go to bed tonight. I know, right? <laughs> Seriously. I know. I think this has been an awesome discussion. Nice job. This has uh, definitely been something different than what we've done recently. So, yes. Yeah, Slow golf clap. High five to you. you High five. All right, folks. So that's going to do it for another episode of America's Hometown Horror. Tonight we were covering Nightmares. Thank you again to Kat for delving in such depth and uh, coming up with some awesome uh, talking points for us to discuss. You are welcome. And if you want more of America's Hometown Horror, here's where you can find us on the following social media platforms, including YouTube and Facebook. Just go on there, search for America's Hometown Horror. You can also tweet at us, at Hometown Horror, and you can find us on Instagram, at Hometown Horror Pod. You can also shoot us a line at hometownhorrorpodcast at gmail.com and you can find our show on pretty much any platform you get podcasts but most specifically Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spreaker, and wherever else you may get your shows. My name is Mike. I've been joined by Andrew and Kat. Thank you again to both and thank you again for listening. Say goodbye to your listeners, folks. Adios, Sweet dreams, nerds. Yes, sweet, sweet dreams. dreams. <laughs> Hey everyone, it's Mike from America's Hometown Horror, and just wanted to say thank you again for listening to another episode of our show, because of course, we would be nothing without you listeners. If you are interested in more local Plymouth podcasts, I would highly recommend you check out uh, some shows by our cohorts on the Inebriart Podcast Network. That's right, the Inebriart Podcast Network, folks. In addition to America's Hometown Horror, you can find the Inebriart Podcast, Bar Talk, Theme Park Legends, Retro Redoctopus and Old Colony Cast, head on over and give them a listen.